0: Hello, Adriana. How are you today?
1: Hello, Yuri. I'm fine. And you?
0: I'm I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for for chatting with me today. I, I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: <laughs> of course. So how are? Because I know you're in Brazil. How are how are things in Brazil these days?
1: Hot, pretty hot. We're needing rain here. Uh, the weather is awful. But it's going to rain in some days. I believe in iPhone. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. So what? So I am a little bit um, uneducated with like the the layout of Brazil, other than like knowing about Rio because of the Olympics. Where do you? Because I know it's like, Brazil is a huge country. Where? What part of Brazil are you in?
1: Well, I live in two cities, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh Brasilia, where I am now, it's the capital of Brazil. And in Foz do Iguaçu, there is a city near Paraguay and Argentina. Uh, I live, uh, I spend more time in this town near Paraguay and Argentina. Mm-hmm. And my husband lives in Brasilia. So we travel back and forth to be together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's great.
1: And also for my clients, because I have lots of clients in Brasilia as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And clients in Curitiba, there is another town in the middle of both. So I live basically on air flights.
0: <laughs> That's uh, So How how is, do you like having that kind of a lifestyle where you're basically just kind of flying back and forth?
1: No, I love, I, I'm, a, I'm a little gypsy, I believe. Yeah, I love to travel okay. everywhere, and I just love to pack a suitcase. I can do it in five minutes, and very small suitcases. Even being a woman, you can imagine.
0: <laughs> I can't. I so I don't really pack that much when I travel either. But I don't. I don't know that I could do the live out of a suitcase thing. I think you're you've you've reached a certain level of just like, keeping things on on task. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, many many years doing that. The first trip I did to work, I took even an iron with me to to iron my clothes. But I learned. <laughs> people learn.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you're doing right now. You're you know a lawyer, professor, uh, novelist. Also, you you know you're a volunteer and a philanthropist. When you meet people. And they ask you that question of, you know, what it is, what what do you do? How do you describe your work? Hardly, uh,
1: because <laughs> I usually I say I'm a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I've been a lawyer for 27 years now, and usually I say I'm a lawyer. It's the first thing that comes to my mind Mm -hmm. because it's my oldest profession. But I say I'm an author, I'm an entrepreneur also, uh, because I have to manage my writing career by myself. Almost by myself, I have some some help. So it's hard to explain, but usually I say I'm I'm a lawyer. I'm really wanting uh, the day that I can say I'm an author and just that.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. So let's let's talk about your your writing, because you released two books like back to back, which is very impressive. And you also won an award on your very first book. So what made you get into writing? Originally?
1: Oh, well, I believe that people who love to read are writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love to read since I, I learned how to read. I love books. And I always thought about writing my own book. I did when I was 10 years old. I wrote my first book. But I I was so ashamed that people could read that, uh, that, I destroyed it. But, uh, main of all, a lawyer. Uh, is a writer. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, we lawyers, before we go in front of judges, before we go to court, we have to write, uh, the defense of our clients. Mm-hmm. And that's it, basically telling a story. So, uh, I'm used to tell stories for my clients, uh, for all my professional life. And every time a client read the story I wrote, about them, they said, hey, you are a writer. It's great. It looks great in the paper, much better than it is in reality. <laughs> so I, I believe it was a very smooth transition between being a lawyer telling stories professionally and being a writer telling stories for more people, for the world to read.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so true. I have heard from other friends of mine who are writers that they like to to hire lawyers to be the editors because lawyers, as you just said, they they do a lot of reading and writing, but they're very um, – they're on top of the economy of words. And they don't allow you to get into some kind of weird flowery nonsense. And so that lawyers, from what I hear, make the best editors. <laughs>
1: I don't know. This lawyer uh, prefers to hire other editors <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> to do the job when it comes to books. Uh, first of all, because I write in English, that is not my natural language. My mm-hmm. natural language is Portuguese. So I hired a, a great editor. She polishes my English, my commas, and things like that that are very different from. Portuguese grammar to English. Mm-hmm. But even in Portuguese, because now I decided to translate one of my books to Portuguese and release in Brazil, I've hired another editor. I'm a very <laughs> modest people. I think you need a professional in grammar to do that. Oh, sure. But yeah, we, we, we lawyers write well, usually. Usually it's the, the, the rule. <laughs> right. There are some disgraces, but they are rare.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about your books. So, so you know, as you've mentioned you've been a lawyer for a long time. When, during your career, did you suddenly decide, you know what, I'm going to start writing books, and specifically about the, the genre that you are writing in, because it it um, it doesn't seem as much of like an obvious jump to go from a professional lawyer to a a writer in the uh, erotica world
1: yeah main of all because being a lawyer is in all suit and serious people, and then you write about erotica oh that's the reason I publish in English. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my clients look at me with different eyes. Hey, you look you are writing erotica you are, you are a lawyer, sure uh but now i I decided just to embrace now uh two years ago. I was talking to one of my lawyers and we were talking about writing because he loves to write. I love to write. And he said, why don't do that seriously? Why we don't really write a book each one? And I said, hey, I just started mine, but I don't know if I'm going to have the courage. And he said, okay, you do yours, I'm going to do mine. And he said, it must be in English because we we don't want to spoil our careers. Main of all, because this guy now is preparing to be a judge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I started to really, really write with that idea to write professionally. He started, but he stopped. <laughs> he didn't fulfill the promise. And, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I just finished my novel, mm-hmm. and I asked for uh, a friend of mine uh, who is an American to read, to help me to polish the English on that moment. And then I decided, okay, now I'm going to release, now I'm going to 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 search someone to publish who wants to publish my novels, and I'm going to face the world as a writer. So, two years ago.
0: Wonderful so with your so with your 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 writing um, did you so how did you then release it so did you get a, um, a professional book deal is it self-published what were some of the things you did besides writing a novel to get your work out there
1: I've been through everything you can imagine first of all I didn't know Anything on the backstage of publishing. I just wrote the book, I hired a girl in the United States to, to check the grammar to see mm-hmm. if everything was okay and then I, I thought, okay, my book is ready. Now what I need to do to get published. So I start to search Google, of course, and I discover authors have literary agents. So mm-hmm. I spent some months trying to find a literary agent just to discover they just want to be literary agents for bestsellers. So I gave up on the idea, and I start uh, to find uh, a publisher, a regular publisher. And I got one after some month. Uh, they sent me, uh, I send emails, all that through emails. And they sent me a okay, we like your work. Uh, please join us. They sent me that huge contract and I signed it very excited. It was my first book being published. My baby was going to be born in some months. Mm-hmm. But I was not lucky. After six months they closed it. they decided to close the doors and because they said they were going to bankruptcy, thanks oh. to self publishing. And I have my rights back. Yeah. And I thought, now I'm going to all that hard process of trying to find a literary agent who always send the same letter. Hey, uh, we don't like your work. Uh, It's not for us right now. (laughs) Hugs. Bye-bye. Five minutes after you send your email to them sometimes. So... I thought, no, 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 no. It's too much for me. I'm going to try to try self-publish. Mm-hmm. But I hired the editor from this publisher to work with me and she helped me a lot. She said, Adriana, you need some marketing. You are going to need, uh, to show yourself, uh, to make your book visible so people can find your book and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very close person. It was very difficult to me to do that. I'm very talkative, but I'm a very close person, very, very reserved person. And I start to learn. Uh, she had a book she gave to me about uh, publicity, and I learned a lot. And I hired some people to help me. Max, who introduced us, uh, he's a great guy. He's helped me for nothing. Uh, he's a wonderful author and he helps me. He talks about me to people. I love to read what he writes about me because I feel great, really. He's this <laughs> wonderful guy who helps you for nothing. Uh, just because he has a great heart, mm-hmm. and then people start to help him. I discover authors are very helpful; they help each other. It's not like a lawyer's lawyers try to do that, to destroy each other <laughs> but this artistic world is different uh people help uh people give your hand people talk about you and uh, I start to hire strategic people to manage uh, my social media, to help me with that, and I'm doing it all by myself. It's mm-hmm. tiring, it's consuming, but uh, I'm very happy because I have control over my, my publishing, my literary life. Of course, if I could find that great literary agent who would help me through all that, would be great. But I'm not going to sit and wait Uh, And I'm just uh, trying to to show my face. This week, I arrived between the eight uh, bestsellers books on Amazon. And that I have to thank my efforts and the people I hired to help me. So it's great. It's good. It's a wonderful experience. I love to try different things, so I'm always trying different uh, marketing strategies, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, that's what's happening in my literary career right now. I'm a businesswoman trying to sell my book. (laughs) Never thought I could do that because I hate to brag about my work, but it's really what I'm doing now.
0: Mm -hmm. What have been some of the marketing wins you've had, so of the strategies you've done, which ones can you say oh, directly like worked really well for you?
1: Well, uh, it's easier to say what I didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying... Everything from Twitter to Facebook, most social medias, newsletters. And I try to hire people from marketing. They didn't help much. Mm-hmm. But I'm hiring people who can spread the news about the book, that don't charge too much because, we you know, authors don't have that much money. Right. And uh, social media basically is what works more. I believe uh and then people who read your book and tell to other people hey I like it this is a new author here pay attention to her and it's great because people really really recommend your work and it's the best publicity of all but social media is the the top in yeah. my opinion
0: okay so yeah I've so I'm looking at your Amazon page right now and you've got a tremendous amount of support you're, you know, you've got like seventy four reviews. Most of them are five star. So people really relate and love your book. What? So you, yeah, I
1: never, okay. I never had a, 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 I just had among the seventy four uh, star uh, five stars. I just had one three stars, mm-hmm. and the others are great. I really love to see how people react and. It's great, it's great, it's just great to read the reviews. Yeah, people relate, but uh, it's a very mature public. My books are for adults, mm-hmm. and this three stars reviews I remarked it was for a young, it was a young girl, I believe she was hoping for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> it's completely different of that, so she was disappointed. Uh, my book is not fairy tale, so.
0: So you brought up the idea of Fifty Shades. I'm curious how that has both helped what you're writing about and also hurt it, because, you know, it, it has put a more of a spotlight on that type of uh, like the, the BDSM type of community. But it's also a terribly written book that has zero, <laughs> zero ounce of reality And so it's kind of like, it's laughable and interesting at the same time. (laughs) So how do you, like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, okay. For me, it didn't help me at all because, yeah, because in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, Fifty Shades, the formula of Fifty Shades, it's Cinderella. Poor girl meets rich guy in the process if he wants to spank her, but she's getting a new Audi. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I think that is My, the,
0: like the best way I've ever heard it summed up. That's,
1: okay, it's a great formula, Cinderella.
0: I mean, it is. You're right. Forever. It's it's, it's an yeah. award-winning you know formula. You're right.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, many many girls want to be Cinderella princess and so mine no, mine is a psychiatric story where uh, Renaud's psychiatric studies, paraphilias, abnormal uh, sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. And you are going to find from BDSM to... All kinds of paraphilias, all kinds of abnormal. I have one of the patients that love feet. Uh, the other <laughs> is crazy about his mom. And there are a lot of different sexual behaviors in my novels. And uh, it's not about a love story. It's about a murder. The mm-hmm. central story is a girl was murdered during a sexual game by her boyfriend. So a lawyer hires the psychiatrist to help to buttress his argument that this dad was an accident. And uh, that's the point of view. There is no Cinderella. All the women in my books are hardworking women, mm-hmm. successful professionals, tough women. Uh, no man is a charming prince, there are normal people with issues, they love the cry, they laugh, they have problems, they are successful, some are not, they have problems, but they are good guys, uh, I never put, uh, I, I don't love to put the man as the bad guy, mm-hmm. and uh, my carrot, my female carrot says, oh, good and fragile gals, so no fragile gals, no bad guys. Just normal and regular people, you can relate. That's very different. But a Fifty Shades didn't help me because whenever the people listen to the work erotica, now they say, oh, God, another Fifty Shades. I want to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not another Fifty Shades. It's not for girls who want to be Cinderella. Mm-hmm. It's for people who have been a lot through their lives. It's for mature people. Who are divorces? Who know how how life can be tough sometimes, and how you have you you are going to follow and get up again, and you have to face difficulties in life. Uh, so it's completely different. It's erotica under another perspective. I studied a lot about those paraphilias. I studied very hard about psychiatrics uh, issues. All opinions my psychiatrists give have uh, a support on some texts I bought from serious universities. Uh-huh. Of course, there are different points of view in psychiatrists. But as a lawyer, I know how to find the one I want to support the point of view. <laughs> so I studied what I wanted to think about. That. <laughs> and I wanted and I wanted. Main of all, to show people that people don't want, don't, don't, uh, they don't have to judge, okay? So a person behaves, uh, they are uh, sad masochist but they, they have a reason to be like that. Mm-hmm. Don't judge, you don't know what these people have been through their lives, why he's like that. And, uh, main of all, the idea, the central idea of my novels are, Hello, you don't know, you don't judge, okay? You don't have the right to point your finger and say, that's wrong, that's not good. I mean, of all who establish what is good and bad and evil on this earth. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very different from Fifty Shades, really. <laughs>
0: That's uh, it, it, definitely sounds like it. And it also sounds like it's m- so, first off, you've probably done an infinite amount of research beyond anything that Fifty Shades did. I don't, I don't actually think they did any research for that other than just makeup stuff. And so I'm fascinated hey. to hear that you looked that deep into those, those different areas that you were, um, you know, writing about for your work
1: hey i'm a professor uh, I'm a professor Yuri That's true. and a professor can be light. you can be in front of people and tell lies to them. You have to research what you are going to tell them okay and you have to believe if i don't believe i don't teach if i don't believe i don't write mm-hmm. so uh, it comes basically basically from being a lawyer during my my legal career i never defended causes that i didn't believe okay uh, if i didn't believe i wasn't going to be a good lawyer so I have to find the reasons. It's the same way when I was a professor. Now, I I don't have the time to be a professor anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I was a professor, I always researched a lot and for my books. I always research a lot. It's uh, to be a writer is about a lot of hard work. It's not just sitting in front of the computer and waiting for a muse comes and sing into my ears. No, <laughs> that's, that's a small part. Inspiration is a small part. Uh, it's like Beethoven used to say. It's more about uh, transpiration than inspiration. About hard hard working, really.
0: Mm -hmm. With your busy schedule as a professional lawyer who then travels extensively, how do you find time to write? And also, what do you do if you hit writer's block?
1: Thanks, God. Until now, I never hit uh, this block because uh, I have... A huge discipline that I learned from being a lawyer. Lawyer, you have to, to write your stories if you want, if you don't want, if you are tired or not, and you have a schedule to present them. And I think about writing, writing like that. I'm going to write every day a little bit. My goal is a thousand five hundred words per day. Okay. Mm -hmm. if they are good, if they are not, if I'm going to use or not, I'm going to write a thousand five hundred words per day. It's all a matter of to have a schedule, a good one and to follow that schedule. And sometimes I write those uh, those those words and I don't use for anything because today after I I write, I used to read it, and if and I can say, wow, what I had in my mind to write that—it's so unbelievable. But uh, sometimes I use some phrases. Uh, I discard the rest. I put in in an archive. Maybe one day I'm going to dig there and get that idea. But basically, it's about schedule and hard work. Inspiration, yes. I, I, I have to tell you, I have one thing that most writers don't. I suffer from attention deficit. And one of the positive sides of attention deficit is mm-hmm. you have a huge imagination. Mm-hmm. I can imagine a thousand things at the same time my mind is always having ideas crazy one good one bad ones i can imagine like uh if you were on a matrix movie okay <laughs> <laughs> so that imagination helps a lot when you start to write when i started my book i didn't want to write about erotica i just want to write about A girl who was killed by her boyfriend Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how she was killed And then I thought "Mm, How about a sex game to add some pepper to this And then the story came And my imagination tells the story And I don't follow a regular line I don't know how my books are going to end That's the reason my readers never know who the killer is Because I don't know until (laughs) the very end
0: so you I really I, I swear,
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so that's that's absolutely fascinating that you' so you're writing it almost like you're, well, yeah, so you're creating it as you go along. Does that mean that like with your research that you, let's say you're you know, you're writing, you're writing, you're writing, And then do you go off and do research about topics or do you try to do all the research beforehand and then let the ideas fly?
1: Sometimes when the idea comes, I go into the research first and then with the research, I can use the idea or not, okay. because sometimes my idea has no, no basis. And I, I even have a friend on the FBI. He's uh, retired now. He was a special agent and I consult with him a lot because I don't want to write bullshit about FBIs, <laughs> FBI. <laughs> so I write to him, Oh, what, what I'm telling is true. It can happen. He says, No, God, you are watching too much bad movies. <laughs> Come back to reality. Do that way. And he endorsed my second book. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this. Sometimes the idea comes first and then the research comes after to, to, to sustain the idea. Sometimes I do research. I say, hey, I want to put another patient for Simone. Let me research about a crazy paraphilia. Mm-hmm. And so I started to research, research about a crazy paraphilia like necrophilia and uh, footage and things like that. They are, they are completely nuts. And then I I started to write about the patient because I have the background. I know what he can do and what he can't do. mm mm-hmm.
0: So with each of your characters, do you work hard to get into kind of what their, their mindset is and what they're thinking? Or do you just kind of skim over that, that part?
1: Oh, I'm kind of a schizophrenic. They come to my mind. Okay. <laughs> <Not> because... <laughs> Whenever I'm writing, I... I'm a combination of my characters and myself because I feel their emotions. I laugh. I cry. I got turned on by the radical scenes and um, all that. I, I have all those feelings. That's the reason when you read the reviews, people say it's graphic. You just yeah. feel what you write because I'm really feeling when I write. I'm feeling disgusted. I'm Happy, I laugh like a crazy person, <laughs> but I believe all writers are a little bit crazy. So I, I love that phrase that says, whenever you caught me researching by murder on the internet, I'm not a psycho, just a writer, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Your writing process sounds very therapeutic in a way.
1: It is because you know, I'm going to tell you a secret that is not going to be a secret anymore in five minutes. Uh, I used to kill the people I don't like in my books or I make him to be very ridiculous. Uh, someone, so people can laugh about them. I'm not a person to destroy my enemies another way, but they are going to find themselves in my books. And uh, oh God, I just changed the names and the places because I have to tell.
0: Right. It's
1: all about fiction, but sometimes not. Oh, she- <laughs> They inspired me a lot. <laughs>
0: That's that's fascinating. So there's a I little. Fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Because I actually I, was going to ask about that. I have fun
1: while I'm writing. I do have fun. I believe in a, in a work, a job that you don't have fun. I have fun being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have fun being a writer. I used to have lots of fun being a professor. Everything I do, I try to find a bright side and to amuse myself. <laughs> uh, life is too short to do things you don't like and things that tired you. So I try to have pleasure in everything I do I turn I'm adored we are that tragic family that laughs and cry and shout and talk with our hands all the time So so I face life passion must be in everything you do. I hate warm things. I love hot and cold, but I hate warm things. And I have to do. I do because I love to do.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. I'm. What made you decide to to release? And this may have just been because of timing. But you released both of your books, like one right after the other, in in the same month in in January. Why Was that a strategic thing? Did that just happen to work out like that, or, or why was that?
1: No strategic at all, but the first one was first released for the regular publisher in 2016. Okay. So uh, it was re-released by myself in January when I got my rights back, and the other one was already ready. And um, I'm a premature baby. I was born in, with eight months. So when I was ready, I decided to leave my mother. So when the book was ready, I decided to release. And it had no strategy at all. Nowadays, I see it's a bad strategy. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> it was just like I'm a, I'm a very impulsive person. I learn a lot. Uh, Growing old, Uh, but uh, when I want to do something, I do. And uh, that's the reason both were released on the same month. No strategy at all. Just, I want to see my baby out there, (laughs) and and that's that.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. Third
1: one, I believe it's going to be in January only next year.
0: Oh, it is. So, are you, are you, so with that one, are you learning from? Your mistakes from the first two, and and doing a bit more of a strategic launch. Or are you just letting it like letting it evolve naturally?
1: No, no, I, I'm more strategic, Strategically, right now. Okay. So uh, I thought it's going to be better, even for the awards I'm going to be able to enroll in awards that is going to take place in 2018 because uh, the book was born on that year. Uh, it has a little bit more of a strategic and less of impulse, and that's one.
0: Okay, well, that's good. With the awards you received for your first book, how was that through your original publisher or was that after you self-published it?
1: Uh, I believe it's uh, a mix of both, okay. because Amazon joined things that uh, uh, they can put together. But I believe with my first release, I just received uh, 10 reviews. Uh, I have to learn more, because I thought the publisher was going to do the hard work. I just gave the book to them, crossed my arms, and waited. And... Uh, uh, I have to move and to start showing my face, so people could know my my work when I release uh, for the second time and self publish. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with with everything that you're doing, and and you mentioned this a little bit with your writing process, but do you have a daily like rituals or a schedule where you're you know you fit in your writing time to your professional work
1: uh no i just have this goal of writing Mm -hmm. but i have to wait to the moment i'm free but i'm sure to make myself free at some time during the day so i do first my legal job because i have to work with real schedules not schedules imposed by myself right and so i do my legal work when I finish my legal work, usually I have to go to car, talk to judges, uh, talk to my clients and things like that. At the end of the day, I'm, when I'm free, I start writing or if the day is okay on the beginning of the morning or during the night, I'm going to write. I believe the only ritual I have is I need coffee for all that. I'm hyperactive as you can see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I need coffee. I need at least 5 cups a day of espresso, very strong. You could write always the color it is it's like pen ink. But I need I really need coffee.
0: Wow. So do you, <laughs> with your so your 5 cups of espresso. Do you drink them all in the morning? Do you space it throughout the day?
1: I space, I space during the day, I drink at least three in the morning, two more after lunch, and then I know what you're going to ask, do you sleep like a baby eight (laughs) hours a day?
0: Wow, like clockwork.
1: (laughs) Like clockwork, I have time, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those persons who have time to go to bed and to wake up. Uh, and 11 o'clock PM, I go to my bed, I close my eyes, in five minutes I'm sleeping deeply. I dream, I have great dreams that I take note to, to put in my books. Mm-hmm. And seven o'clock in the morning, I wake up and drink coffee and then I have a whole day uh, in front of me because I'm very restful. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. <laughs> So when you were putting out your book and and for the very first time, you mentioned this a little bit, that there was a, a friend you were working with, but there had to have been times where you felt fearful about actually releasing the book. When you get run into those types of roadblocks where there's like fear getting in the way of, of something that you want to do, how do you push, push past it?
1: Um, you know... Uh, the attention deficit gives me another advantage. We are not afraid of many things. <laughs> so <laughs> We had lots of crazy courage. But yes, I was afraid of my client's uh discovering, I wrote a uh, book that has erotica it's not an erotica book, it's just mm-hmm. 10% mm-hmm. but I was afraid because erotica scenes are very heavy, they are hardcore really and uh because I talk about swing houses I talk about bondage I talk a lot, many of heavy things and I was afraid it could spoil my legal career but you know, with social media, do you think you're going to hide? You are never going to hide. Right. And suddenly my clients start to say, Hey, you wrote a book in the United States. Why didn't you write in Portuguese? And say, Oh, no, I'm going to try American waters first. Uh, and then suddenly uh, the clients who, were, uh, who, who speak English. Uh, they were buying and they were reading and they a great job. Uh, you write very well. I uh, published in Portuguese and they were supportive and they didn't look to me like I thought they would like, hey, this girl, he's not, she's not and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the, I was afraid uh, of that and I was afraid people would never buy my book. You would see, oh no, another Fifty Shades, or oh no, I don't want this one. And uh, it's very great, grateful uh, to see people are liking the book and are buying. So no more fears about that. And uh, I really love this career. Of course, the dream of every author. Alive is to be a bestseller, number one in New York Times and things like that. And um, sometimes I think, um, is that going really happen? Mm-hmm. And then I think, yes, it is. They'll just give time. Everything needs time.
0: Yeah. So you you have an amazing outlook on, on what you're working on and, and life. What would you say is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Exactly the best advice I've ever received was about time. Because I have this uh, tendency to push things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want things to be quicker. I want things to speed up. I'm always trying to do things in a rhythm that the whole humanity uh, doesn't follow. And it's frustrating sometimes. So the best advice I've received uh, during my whole life uh, was from my father. He told me, just worry about learning the more you can, the best you can, and give time. Things are going to happen. If you learn, if you know things, everything in your life is going to happen on the right moment when you are prepared for that. So don't push time. Don't push people. Don't push your life. Don't hurry up things. Just take it slowly. Just wait. And uh, never give up. Mm -hmm. Never give up. Because if you give the right time, if you do the right amount of effort, if you work hard, things are going to happen. So I believe that was the best advice of all. Learn the more you can, work the best you can, the harder you can, and wait. Because when you do that, it's the right formula for success.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, So, Adriana, thank you so much for spending the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate your time. If the listeners would like to read more of your work and see more of what you're working on, what is the best way they can find you?
1: If they want to read about my work, the best way is to support the author and buy the book on Amazon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) My first book is called Behind the Door. Uh, it has a, a red door in front of it, very close. And the second one is called Lara's Journal. It's the second. I advise to read uh, Behind the Door first. And they are on Amazon. They are on Barney and Nobles. Uh, and the also, they can send me an email. I love to talk to my readers. Adriana at Adriana Gavazzoni with a double Z dot mm-hmm. com. I always answer. Uh, sometimes not on the same day, but two days after I'm going to answer. My website is a.gavazzoni.com dot because I use a dot as my pen name. Okay. I have also my blog that they can reach. Through my site and on Facebook, Adriana Gavazzoni sent me an invitation. I'm I'm going to accept to you. I have an Instagram that is Adri underline Gavazoni. I have my Twitter that is at A underline Gavazzoni I'm everywhere. You can imagine. <laughs> If people want to reach me, they are going to reach me. Take care because I have a cousin with the same name, but she's not blonde. She doesn't have green eyes, and she doesn't have my charms, and she's going to kill me after this interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wonderful. I will I will make sure that uh, I put all the links in the show notes so people can click right through, right to find you.
1: Thank you very much uh, for the invitation, Yuri. It was a pleasure to talk to you. I had fun with this interview.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So did I.
1: Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Hour podcast.